When Brian Guy made the move from Rose Hill to the Gold Coast in the year 2000, he did so with some trepidation. He had already opened a small satellite stable to test the water and put his son Daniel in there with a mate Russell Booth and about six horses. When that stable started to gather momentum, Brian sold out at Rose Hill and headed north. And 1,000 winners later, he obviously has no regrets. I haven't spoken to Brian in a long time, and it's great to renew acquaintances with a bloke I've known since he was uh, just a kid, to use the old expression. How are you, Brian? Very good, thanks, John. Thanks for joining us. Well, you were driven out of Rose Hill by claustrophobia. All around you, old racing stables were making way for Woolworths and Kentucky Fried, McDonald's, Sizzlers was there. It was starting to get to you. Yes, John, it was right across the road from us. It was um, where old Nevo Lodge was that Stan Fox and, and Millie Fox had set up many years before, and it was all gone. It was all going. Let's go back to your early days at Rose Hill. Your dad, Ray, was a very successful trainer, and very few seasons went by that he didn't finish in the top six. So when you were starting off, he had a big team of horses, Brian. How many would he work in those days? Oh, when he first started off, John, it was it was only, oh, you know, half a dozen sort of horses when he first started training. Mm-hmm. And and he really, you know, he did it tough. He did, uh, he was working at Bonds. Mm-hmm. And, um, and my Uncle Max, which was his right-hand man all the way through, mm-hmm. he was working on the railways at Clyde. So one would do the morning shift, one would do the afternoon shift. But right at the finish, Dad had, I remember him having up to 50 there at one stage. Oh, yeah, at the finish there, we had we had round about 60 horses in work, yeah. We were around 55, 50 to 60 horses, somewhere there, thereabouts, and uh, it was quite a big stable. You were pretty light back then, and you were riding work at Rose Hill at a very early age. You had aspirations of becoming a jockey. Yeah, I was. Um, Dad got permission for me to ride track work when I was thirteen. I used to ride work before I'd go to school, uh, and then go to school and probably go to sleep on the on the uh, on the desk, <laughs> and uh, didn't do <laughs> and actually didn't uh, learn a real lot. I'd say. Dad was a pretty easygoing sort of a bloke, except if you went too fast or too slow on one in a track gallop. Oh, yes, he was very tough on that. You know, everything had to be done perfect. Uh, I remember getting a few kicks in the bum for going a bit quick on one. <laughs> but um, he was uh, and he was a perfectionist at that. I remember a lot of the nice horses he trained back in that era. Let me just throw a few names at you, Brian, and you give me your impressions of them years on. Western Yarn. I wish I had one now, John. Wasn't he, he was, honest? He was, he's raced till he was a seven or eight-year-old stallion. Mm. Oh, he's a lovely old horse. And lovely itchy, chestnut horse. Itchy Feet was another one. Oh, Itchy Feet, he was a great horse. He was a horse that, uh, uh, Lee Cadonia, uh, that uh, we had a lot of at the time with Fred Pisa, had it, him standing at his stud, Lama Park, mm. and he was... He was a great little horse. Him, he always had a bit of character about him and a nice horse. He won a George Main Stakes, Brian, but I think it was only a Group Two back then. Yes, he did. He won it with um, Donnie Mitchell on him, um, who was apprenticed to Dad. He beat a couple of nice horses that year. Um, drifted in, all shot, 
Mm. They, were, they were very good horses. And I think Darby McCarthy might have ridden all shot in the race. Yep. Wirapura was another very honest horse for Dad. Very good welter horse. Yep. Very good welter horse. And uh, he won a big race. I think it was a, a tr- big trophy race one day at Randwick with an overseas jockey on him. And, um, no, he was just a nice, lovely horse you could do anything with remembering him. Here's a lovely mare, Mona's Joy. She had a long winning sequence at one stage. Yeah, she won the first six six starts in a race. And she used to run to the outside fence to do it too. Mm, yeah, very erratic, wasn't she? Yes, she very she was. Now, I remember another mare you had there for a while, very lightly framed, rakey-looking mare with a big finish. Her name was Lucifina. Yeah, she come to us from uh, um, another trainer. I think Teddy Stanton had her before Dad had her. And, oh, she was a great mare. She used to, oh, gee, she could finish. She used to get back in her races and really find the line. One of the early syndication outfits was Hyperion Thoroughbreds. They did a very good job for a long, long time. And they always seemed to have a handy one, and a lot of those handy ones were in the Ray Guy stable. Brandy Sipper was one. Yeah, oh, Brandy, well, uh, Brandy was a, a lovely, quiet horse he was he was a really he shouldn't have been a racehorse it was more a pony than anything he was he was terrific you know and and he and he was a very good horse deveront yeah dad bought deveront for the high appearance for three thousand dollars and he went on to be a real handy horse but i remember him beating an open company field before the golden slipper and he hit his foot and um, cracked his hoof, mm. and we had Percy Sykes and everything to come out, and they tried to wire it, but they could never get, get it back together again. Mm. Yeah, it stopped him going a fair way, I think. Yeah, yes, it, it was. Um, he was going to be one of the favourites, I think, for the um, Golden Slipper that year, and I think Manicato won it. Mm. I think that was the year. Yep. What about all Archie, Brian? He won three Group Threes. He won a Group Two. A lovely, honest uh, horse with a magnificent temperament. Yes, he was the same. He was he was a horse that you could do anything with. I remember um, we took him down to Melbourne one year, and and I floated and I went down with him on the plane, mm. and I sat between the two pilots, and he sat there with his head on my shoulder, looking out the window with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he was lovely. He, he was a lovely horse. A little mare called Stevette. She won quite a few races, including a Carrington Stakes. Yeah, she was a lovely uh, mare. Um, a very good friend of the family, Jack Crane, raced her. And she, um, oh, you know, she was a very good speed mare. Alan Scores won a lot of races on her. Your dad had some intensely loyal owners, Brian, and they stuck through good times and bad times. And one of them, Jim Forsyth, is still with you. Yes, Jim is still uh, racing horses with me. <coughs> Excuse me. He um, he started out with Dad, and he come to Dad with a horse, and Dad said to Jim, he said, Jim, to tell you the honest truth, this is no good. Mm. And he said, I'll be back, Ray, and that was over 50 years ago, and when Dad died, he stuck with me, which mm. was terrific, you know. Yeah, he appreciated Dad's honesty. Yep, that's what it was. Brian, this is the time to pay tribute to your late uncle, Max. Dad's yep. brother... As you said, he was an indispensable part of the operation. It was said back then 
that Max was as knowledgeable as most vets? Um, Max was great. You know, what, what you did now, I've seen Max fix horses, get them back to the races, and uh, his knowledge of, of horses was just unbelievable. He was doing blood counts at home. Unheard of. Yep. Yep, we, we bought a machine and uh, he was doing all the blood counts at home and, and we knew exactly when the horses were right and when they weren't right. And uh, no, he did a very good job. And, you know, I, c- I can remember a horse there, Omar Zam, that they said was finished and Max said, oh, bring him in, hmm. leave him with me. And we got him back and he won, he won plenty of races after we got him back. Hmm. The family was turned upside down in December of 1992 when your dad died suddenly. And the sad irony, Brian, was that he'd had a medical assessment only a week or two before and was past fit. Yes, um, that's uh, right, John. He, uh, a week or two before, he was 100%, no problems, and, you know, it was just one of those things. He went to bed that night and uh, never woke up. You and Uncle Max had a meeting the following week and you paid your uncle the courtesy of offering him the position of stable trainer if he wanted the job, and he didn't. Yes, that's right. Uh, he'd been with Dad the whole time, as I said, and um, I just said to him, you know, well, you know, it's time for you to get the licence, and he said, no, I don't want to train. I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Mm. He said, you get the licence, and that's the way we went. Very straightforward bloke, Max, wasn't he? Yep. Black was yep. black and white was white. Exactly, and he'd let you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Brian, your licence was hurried through, and one week later you saddled up a horse called All Our Mob at a Sunday meeting at Rose Hill. I'll never forget it. I called the race, of course, back then, and I was just so pleased for you. It was a flying start, and Dean Tanty was the jockey. That's right. Dean was uh, my first apprentice. Uh, he got signed over through that week as well. And uh, he rode him and um, he jumped out and went straight to the front. And uh, I do, do not know how many times Dean looked over his shoulder, but he was never going to get beaten. It was about 18 times. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. It was a lot. <laughs> you know, that race, Brian, that, that all our mob won on the Sunday was uh, uh, for horses who'd won one metropolitan race. Yep. Who would have dreamed that within 18 months you would take that horse through to a second placing in the Doombin 10,000 and a win in the Stradbroke with Kevin Moses on board. Yep, we did that. We went right through and um, it was my first um, Group 1 winner and it was just something that um, you you never forget. Uh, We got him right through his grades. I was going to take him to Tamworth for um, the prime television I always tried to win it, but he drew barrier 18 and I scratched him and didn't go and we sent him on another course and we ended up getting a Stradbroke. He was owned by a great old bloke called Curly Lyle who passed away in the spring of 1994 and his estate, much to your disappointment, decided to sell the horse. Gay Waterhouse took over as his trainer and he went, and I shouldn't tell you this, uh, he went on to win a new market a Turnbull Stakes, a McKinnon Stakes, an all-age Stakes, and overall $2.5 million. Yes, well, as he got older, John, he was always getting better. And as you could see through his form that he was getting better and better as he got older. And, and some of those races I'd had, had him picked out for him 
and um, the new market and that, and, and um, you know, he changed stables and he went to Gay. So um, we had to sell him. Um, it was in Curly's um, will that he had to be sold. Mm. Um, I'll never forget when we went and seen Curly in hospital before he passed away. He turned around and he said to Max and I, he said, I want to sell you all our mob for a dollar. And Max and I looked at each other and we said, no, Curly, you'll be out of this in, in um, back at the races shortly. Mm. Well, he never ever come out of hospital. And, and we could have bought the horse for a dollar, <laughs> believe oh, it or not. goodness me. He <laughs> was a half-brother to all Archie, Brian, and you couldn't believe you could find two thoroughbreds in full work and racing with the temperaments they had. They, they were just amazing horses. Yeah, they were lovely horses. They both were very nice horses. Uh, all our mob was just, he was a gem of a horse to do anything with. You trained at Rose Hill for about eight years and you had some really nice ones, including Ravada. Now, this is a fairy tale, Brian. He cost you $10,000 at the QBBS sale in Queensland. He went on to win two Group 1s, that's the George Ryder and uh, the QTC Classic. Paddy Payne rode him in one of them and Larry Cassidy in the other. He, he won well over a million dollars. Yeah, he was, um, he was uh, I've got to say, he's probably the family favourite. Um, I, I was invited to the QBBS sales in Queensland and they flew us up and, and put us in accommodation for a couple of days. And when I was leaving, my wife said, don't buy another horse, we've got enough. <laughs> and when I rang her and told her I bought one, she said, that's all we need, another one. Well, it was the best one. That's the main thing. <laughs> oh, you just don't know, do you? You <laughs> no. never know which way the road's going to take you in this business. King Lotto, no. Brian, he won 10 races, including the Ken Russell Memorial. Yeah, he was a lovely little horse. He was bought, um, he was by Belotto, and he was a cheap horse too. I think he was only about, oh, 15 or 16,000. I'm not quite sure off the top of my head, but I know he mm. was cheap. Mm. Another victor, mm. nine wins. In fact, he won a group race, the Group 3 Sandown Stakes. Yes, on the day that I won the spread break, uh, he was in Queensland, another victor, and um, we had him uh, going to run in the spread break as well, and he never got a run. So I sent him back on the Thursday and raced him in the June Stakes at Ramwick on the same day as the Stradbroke and he won the June Stakes that day at Ramwick with Tracy Bartley on him. Mm. Square the Circle was another one. Uh, he only won six races, but he ran some blinders in in really good company. He ran second in a Villiers one day, Brian. Came from that, last. That's right. It was a Villiers, John, and he, and he came from last. And, uh, oh, you know, it was only, a, I think, one of Friedman's beat me. I can't remember the horse, but... He got a freak run along the fence and he had to come around him. His run was just unbelievable. But he was a very handy horse. Those horses we've talked about, Square the Circle, Another Victor and Ravada, they were by horses like Rave Report, Pine Circle, Preemptive Strike, uh, you know, hardly Danehills. All our mob was by, what a guest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they all <laughs> did a job. Uh, but well, they, they all, uh, yeah. it goes to show this, John, that nearly every stadium gets one good one. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't <laughs> and it. we were lucky enough to have be that one good one on a couple of occasions. You know, since moving to Queensland in the year 2000, you've had some really nice ones again. And one very good jockey 
Michael Rod did his apprenticeship with you, Brian. He rode 400 winners during his apprenticeship and won three junior premierships. Yes, he was. Um, he started off with me in Sydney and, and, and a new apprentice. You just couldn't get him going, so I had the stable set up here. I sent him up and uh, we got going with him at the coast here. And I think his first 12 months, he rode out his allowance and uh, won the apprentice's premiership here at the coast. Mm. and um, then we decided to go to town but I left him a couple of months riding at the coast because I said no we, we'll want to go to town with three kilos and when we went to town his first meeting he rode a treble mm-hmm. and then he had three kilos and I think he lost it in the first six months in town Went on to win a Melbourne Cup on Efficient in 2007 and a Victoria Derby and he won a Cox Plate on a horse called Maldivian yeah, he uh, he turned into a very polished rider, and uh, uh, he's still riding very well now in in Singapore. I see he rode three winners just recently over there. Where will he and settle when he comes back, Brian? It'll be difficult for him to pick the right spot. Yes, yes, but uh, his wife's family do live in Queensland, so he might come back here and just finish off his career here, similar to what Jeff Lloyd did. And there'll be some rides available from your place, no doubt. Yeah, well, he come back here for a... Uh, they did a state of origin, and he represented New South Wales, and he rang me to tell me he was coming, and I said, good. I said, I'll put you on two on on uh, a meeting uh, the day before it started at Doombin, and mm. I said, and they'll both win, and they both won by five lengths with him on. And he rode them perfectly. Oh, yeah, jumped out, put them there. They were never going to get beaten. Brian, your supreme moment in Queensland racing was a derby win with a horse called Eagle Way, owned by John Moore at that time. Now, you've had a wonderful association with John Moore. How did that all begin? Uh, I met John uh, many years ago with Billy Pickin, and um, I met him through him, and uh, then when Michael went to Hong Kong, um, we got Michael into Hong Kong there, and he was doing a bit of riding for John, and and then that rekindled the, the association a bit. And then one day at the, he was out here at the sales and Magic Man sales. And I walked up and I said, there you going, John? And we had a bit of a chat. And he said to me, um, I'm going to race a couple of horses back here in Queensland. Would you be interested in taking them for me? I said, oh, that'd be great. And mm. that's how it all started. Well, Eagle Way won the derby. Tommy Berry rode him on that occasion. He beat Rod Rico and I'm Bellucci. Uh, you took him out of town, didn't you, early in the piece, to Ipswich, maybe? Yeah, his first run for me were, was at Ipswich, and he finished off great for 13.50. And then we took him to a maiden at the Sunshine Coast on a big track over a mile, and he won very easy. And uh, he just kept getting better and better, the horse. Great thrill for you, the uh, Queensland Derby. And then he went back to Hong Kong, and Brian, he's still going. He, he raced only recently there in a group race. Yeah, he's racing very well. His first run back, his first run in Hong Kong, he won on um, International Day over there. Uh, and he's still racing very well over there. And he races in the best company too, so he's doing a pretty good job, the horse. Grand Reeve was a horse that, um, I mean, as good as he was, it, it must have been frustrating because you kept running second to Gold Edition. Yeah, we did, John. We, we, we met her about four or five times and I run second to her each time and they were set weight races and, I, and he was giving her weight all the time. 
So he did a very good job. I think he could have been a really top-class horse if he um, he bade a tendon and um, we just couldn't get him back again. Jar Jar Binks had a bit of class. Yeah, I thought Jar Jar Binks uh, could have won a Stradbroke for me as a three-year-old. He was first emergency and never got a run. And um, I think that could have been his uh, my first, when I was in Queensland, that could have been my first group one winner because he... Um, he was flying at the time. We didn't get a run a week later. I think he won a Group 2 race with his head on his chest. Classic Carla was a good performer for the stable, so was Noisy Ocean, and Masai Pride won the Magic Millions Cup. Yeah, Masai Pride. We bred Jimmy Forsyth and um, my wife bred uh, Masai Pride. So he was uh, he's one of the favourites. Matter of fact, he's here as a lead pony at my place now, and I think he's about 14. Great temperament, eh? Yeah, uh, yeah, he does. Oh, he's still got his little quirks there and everything, but he um, he does the job. And sometimes when the Gold Coast Turf Club uh, are short a pony on Magic Means Day or the big days, they come and grab him and he does a day's work over there and he loves it. Mm, right, isn't it great to see a former genuine racehorse finish up with a life like that? Yeah, well, he's, you know, he... he he gets looked after here. He goes to the track of a morning. He walks out with the horses I need him to walk out with. And if there's a young one there, he has a can around the track with him. And he comes home and he eats a bucket of two buckets of feed a day. So he's getting well looked after. This is the age of father-son training partnerships all over Australia. And you and Daniel have forged a lethal combination. Yeah. No, he, well, as you said in the early part of the interview, that... Daniel uh, come up here to start the the stable for me with uh, Russell Booth and Dan was always you know more the office side of things mm. than the racing side but then uh, he kind then he got more into the racing side and we video our track work and he's behind all that and it's it's coming out really good at the moment now. Two premierships have come your way since you've been in Queensland. Just explain those to me. One of them was Metro. Yeah, well, one was uh, a Metro uh, premiership and um, the other one was a premiership that you it's in the southeast corner, uh, which is the Gold Coast, Doombin, Eagle Farm, Ipswich and Caloundra. Mm-hmm. And, and you... Um, train the winners in that and they call it the South East Corner well um, when I won the Metro Premiership I also won the South East Corner but then one year I won the whole South East Corner and run second in the City Metro and Ipswich uh, by itself also stage a trainers Premiership and I think you've won more than one of them yeah three of those three of those um, which was which is very good you know we, we go to Ipswich but I've won three Ipswich Premierships and and run second one year um, to the great uh, Bruce McLaughlin at, at the Sunshine Coast. He beat me home by a couple of winners, but, um, mm. you know, we, they were the time that we had some really nice horses and uh, we were just placing them in the right races and they were winning. You've got a few favourite jockeys in Queensland, but two that I notice do a lot of work for you are Jimmy Byrne, who's probably riding as well at age 47 than he's ever ridden. He's been in terrific form right through the last couple of seasons. And Paul Hammersley, Brian, you've had a lot of success with Paul. Yeah, Paul's 
Paul um, wrote a, uh, an Oaks winner when he was apprenticed to Gerald Ryan. Um, he wrote an Oaks winner uh, as an apprentice. And Paul's father worked for me for 10 years. And um, that's where probably a bit of the association comes. And I still love putting Paul on horses now. He, he, he rides very well. Um, and he, he does a great job. And Jimmy, well, can he tell you he's only 47? I think he's more 50 myself. Well, he's telling fibs. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, um, he's been a great, great uh, rider for me and a, and a friend too, you know. We get on pretty good. And he's um, ridden a lot of winners for me. Well, your daughter Katie hasn't strayed too far from the racing environment. She's married to Barry Bowditch, who has a key executive role with the Magic Millions Company. Yes, um, Barry and uh, Katie met up uh, as kids and and got married and uh, got and um, Barry then was working at Inglis in um, Sydney and come back to Queensland and, and started at the Magic Millions and now he's the um, the key man at the uh, Magic Millions. He's the managing director there and he uh, took over the job from Vin Cox who was more his tutor when he first went to Inglis because Vin was down there and mm. um, it's been a great relationship between those two and then Katie and Barry, as I said, they got married and uh, we've got two uh, beautiful little grandkids. And wife Kerry, Brian, uh, she keeps the ship steady, of course. Does Kerry go to the race as much? No, she doesn't go a real lot now, John, but um, no, she does. She keeps us all on our toes and uh, we've been married 41 years, so, you know, it's her, uh, she's been right there through the hard times and, and the good times. So, no, she's a real good backstop. It's 26 years now since your dad, Ray Guy, passed on but you've kept the flag flying with great success and great distinction. You're 63 years old, Brian. I find that hard to believe. Do you see yourself uh, still going as a very old trainer? Um, they always say, John, once you start training, you never give up. So I just don't know. Um, I'll just sit back. I'm enjoying what I'm doing at the moment. And while I'm still enjoying it, um, I'll keep doing it. And when that enjoyment goes out of it, well, that's probably when it's time to give it away. But uh, I can honestly tell you at the moment I'm enjoying it and I love doing what I'm doing. Keep up the good work, Brian, and it's been a delight catching up with you after such a long time. That was terrific, John, and thank you for the uh, kind words. 